welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I am joined today by a sound and word artist, multimedia artist, uh, based in uh, Chicago currently. And I'm excited to talk to her about her passions, artistry, and why she does what she does. Uh, she just dropped a new EP, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it. So, Annie Grizzle, thank you very much for joining me today. Ben, thank you for having me. You are most welcome. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's beautiful outside, you know, so that's always a good start. How are you? I'm good as well. Um, I was up early this morning, had a little photo shoot with a friend in downtown Milwaukee. Fun! Like you were taking photos or you were in the photos? I was in the photos. Love that! That's awesome! Hell yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was my friend Martin's a fun start to the day. And then uh, I went on a walk around Reservoir Park. Yes. Yeah, I live like right next to it, so it's very convenient. Yeah. I watched some Broad City. Yes, which season? I just finished season three. Nice. Like, right before this, actually. Um, I love that show. It's so fucking funny. I, I probably, I actually don't even know how many seasons they, are, they have at this point, but I probably made it through like, probably about season three actually. And then I just forgot about it. Not in any purposeful way, but it's hilarious show. I know, yeah, Alana kills me. Um. Yes. <laughs> and then Abby also is just like the perfect sort of deadpan. And it just, it's, it's an amazing duo. I, love I know. I know. I just love how accident prone they are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's hysterical. Um, yeah. So it's been a pretty good day so far. Um, and I did my breaking and entering writing uh, earlier as well, which uh, I managed to cover your new EP. Um, really, really uh, enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I so good timing that we're doing this podcast you know yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for listening i really it's really awesome certainly of course uh so what we talk about annie on mr nice guy we talk love and fear passion and creativity and so um you're so you're originally from milwaukee right yeah mm -hmm. cool um what part of the city did you grow up in I grew up in the suburbs, so Menominee Falls. So, so you're you're kind of you know you're also like you're a poet, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, I guess in terms of your creative process, like when you were younger, um, excuse me, what came first? Hmm. Well, I suppose. I guess I started um playing like as a kid I took piano lessons and then I started playing the flute in middle school sort of like how everybody does um and that was a pretty big part of my life playing the flute um but as far as like what I created myself I think it was definitely like writing was the big one and it's it's kind of I've always been uh, really interested in in sound and that's a really big part of my uh writing as well but um yeah, I think it's definitely been writing was like the the earliest thing that I really kind of like cool. uh, latched on to. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, 
yeah, I, I was uh, I played clarinet in middle school. That makes sense because uh, there's some of that uh, on your, your EP, uh, some clarinet, some flute perhaps. Yeah, there's actually, uh, misleadingly so, the title has clarinet, but there is no clarinet on, oh. on the record, but there is flute, yeah. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. sure. Well, I wasn't sure, that's why I said acoustic instruments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, well, glad I could get to the bottom of it now, right? Yes, yes. Um, okay, cool. So, um, yeah, so, so like language and like English, um were a strong suit of yours growing up but it sounds like you you also like learned to embrace like you fixated on sound as a storytelling mechanism as well yeah yeah i um yeah i guess uh that really started when i i moved to new york city when i was 20 and um i lived there for a couple of years and it was uh, very impactful for like a multitude of reasons, but one of the big ones was um, that's where I first really started to perform. And, um, you know, there's like a million open mics in the city and, you know, you have like your seven minute set at like 2 a.m. And like the person that went before me was a juggler. And then the person that went after me was the guy that dressed up like the devil and just stared at the audience and then sometimes took off all his clothes and that was his seven minutes. And it was just like this like amazing collection of weirdos at all of these places. And I just felt, I don't know, like this amazing freedom. Um, and that's when I kind of really started writing with the purpose of performance or like kind of putting the sound and the rhythm and the melody of what I was trying to say kind of at the forefront of yeah. my writing. Sounds like New York. It, oh yeah, yeah. It's like maybe the most quintessential <laughs> experience. I was running like a broke 20 year old running around, going to different open mics and being like nauseous for like 24 hours beforehand because I was new to performing and it was all just like amazing and exciting and terrifying. And yeah. yeah. Totally, yeah. With a lot of eccentrics, uh, oh, yes. eccentric uh, characters uh, in the, underground creative scenes. Oh, yes. Yeah, they were a plenty and I appreciate them all very much. I'm so glad I got to to be exposed to to a bunch of New York weirdos. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. What were you involved in like in high school? Yeah, I, um, I did musicals. So I was a musical kid um, and I was in band, obviously. So mm -hmm. that was kind of my that was kind of my thing, I guess. Um, but I band, so like in my high school, I, um, the band program was like a really huge, everybody loved them. There were like three different bands um, and it was just like a really big, um, like respected program, I guess. Um, sure. But uh, I was in the, um, Wind Symphony, which was like, it was based on, you know, like a symphonic performance. And I would get just like really, really anxious and um, playing the flute, inevitably there would be flute solos at least once a concert. And that just made me like so filled with anxiety and like walking into band every day. I would just like, the second I would see that we were playing the piece that I had a solo in, I would just like immediately Get nauseous and clammy and it was just terrible so I eventually my last semester of high school I quit band and took just like an art class and it was 
it was great. I wish I wouldn't have been so anxious, but yeah, it was kind of, um, yeah, it was, it was terribly anxiety interesting for me to be in band. <laughs> sure. I get that. So you didn't like being put on the spot. No, I yeah. didn't at all. And of course, I suppose I could have, you know, actually practiced more and then maybe that would have made me a little less anxious, but didn't do that. Didn't yeah. really practice. Um, neither did I. Yeah, neither did I. I didn't have the patience for it. I used to lie on my practice journal. Like I, my, my mom was like, you know, out working or something. Like she yeah. asked my practice. I didn't practice. Um, <laughs> I sure wrote down that I did. <laughs> yeah. Right. After high school, uh, so did you? Uh, did you go to um, college or anything? Or I was enrolled. I wasn't super great at uh, showing up for class. Um, I, I, I realized eventually that um, being uh, neurodivergent, I think, just the way that my brain works, it just really doesn't function well within that type of environment. Um, but I did. So I went to the University of Minnesota for I was there for a year um, or like a, a school year mm -hmm. um, but I will say that I did take um, like a poetry 101 class when I was there um, and at that point I really hadn't uh, I definitely hadn't read any contemporary poetry and I hadn't read much poetry in general beyond like Shakespeare and Edgar Allan Poe and then I had just kind of like written myself um, but that was the first time that I was exposed um, so like these contemporary writers that like totally exploded my mind. Um, and then I also got really lucky with um, the instructor. She must have been like a grad student, but she just uh, like her ethos were totally in line with like the ethos I didn't even know I had yet. And like that was yeah. just, I'm like hugely grateful to her. And um, yeah, just like how she encouraged going about writing and I don't know, um, so that was like, it was a hugely transformative experience so i'm really grateful to have had, have had that but wonderful yeah, school didn't go go much beyond that for me <laughs> sure and it doesn't have to yeah settled yourself in several different cities beyond that and uh um that's pretty cool in, in of itself oh it was kind of the timeline so you were in you were in minnesota for you said like a year yeah. and then what happened oh boy um okay so i dropped out I moved back home for a little bit and then I went and kind of like bummed around the west coast a little bit like I did like a west coast like solo backpacking journey right on um and my super cool 19 years of wisdom um and then that kind of started in started in Seattle and sort of ended up in New Orleans and then I moved in with a friend in Madison, I think. And that one lasted a few months. And then I moved to New York and I was there for a couple of years. And then I moved to Nashville and I was there for like two seconds. And then I moved back to Milwaukee. And then uh, last, this past fall, I moved to Chicago. So. Okay, cool. Well, you've uh, seen uh, many different corners of the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm lucky to have uh, seen a lot of, and met a lot of really amazing people for sure. Yeah. Chicago is too big for me, um, which is why I love Milwaukee, but still have plenty of love for Chicago. Totally, yeah, it's been weird. Um, I also love Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee will always have like a very, very, very big piece of my heart. Um, 
but it's weird being here and like moving to a city obviously pandemic and like not like I've been here for six months now maybe um and I haven't even really experienced much of the city which is really bizarre um but I'm sort of trying to patiently wait until I'm getting a little impatient yeah as we all are but you know <laughs> things can safely open back up again but it's just a bizarre thing to be like oh wow yeah I live here but I really don't know and it's also yeah. so huge that like it takes time I guess to explore all the different little nooks and crannies and things oh yeah those both the nooks and the crannies are <laughs> uh, are both equally as important for sure oh, yes. oh, yes. um, <laughs> yeah yeah I yeah that I can't I, I imagine that is sort of a uh strange state of stagnance to be in where it's like you're in a new city but with the way like our rhythms have all been thrown off this past year like there's only so much you can do to bask in your new environment um totally. but hopefully this summer uh we'll it'll see it's looking like it'll be a little safer too so yeah i'm hopeful and i'm fully vaccinated now which makes me a little bit more comfortable um obviously like still wearing a mask and still socially distancing but i'm like hoping there'll be like some outdoor events and stuff so I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for the summer that maybe there'll be a little bit of um, things to experience. Absolutely. Yeah, right on. So um, emotionally and conceptually, like, how would you describe your poetry? Oof. Um, I suppose, um, I guess kind of like, I, I guess kind of stream of consciousness, but um, a lot of the, the, or the book of the writing actually kind of comes from the editing process. Um, I tend to just like, tends to come out in little blurbs and then I throw them all together and shake them all up and figure out new um, uh, combinations and then new writing tends to come out of that. Um, so I guess it like starts with stream of consciousness and I don't necessarily know how it ends that way. Um, yeah, I guess it, uh, it took me a long time to realize that like I thought I was being very obvious and clear in my work and like being like super vulnerable and just like laying it all out and then it took me a long time uh, to pick up on the fact that it's uh, much more, I don't know, maybe kind of obscure than I realized. Um, people like you talking about intestines and pigs Annie I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about whereas yeah. me, I was like but it's so obvious so yeah. uh yeah so I guess um that's been an interesting thing to navigate like oh okay so I'm just I'm kind of curious now I'm not entirely sure if some of that is like a defense mechanism or if it is just uh sort of the translation is uh I don't know, is different from me to the reader yeah that's an interesting thing to navigate like something that feels very bluntly metaphoric or analogous uh to something about yourself like something like that might seem very like obvious to you like when you're um when you're putting it out there but just thanks to the openness of interpretation like some people could read it as like a lot more esoteric and uh yeah that can be a really interesting thing um in terms of like 
abstract art, whether it's through music or uh, words or images. Um, and that's like one of my favorite things about it is like, I love that there isn't, there is no inherent meaning. There is just whatever each person picks up. And I think that's so magical and beautiful. Um, very existential. Yes, very much so. Yeah, I love that, love that shit. Um, so I would never want, you know, it to, it to be any other way. Um, yeah. Awesome, <laughs> love it, cool. Um, your uh, website is like pretty quirky with the look, run, map, pause. So yeah, do you want to like describe like like where this con, the, how you decided to design your website? Sure. Um, I think it's kind of the same way I just go about creating in general. Um, I think it also kind of ties into like uh, that. Um, I I always feel weird uh, referring to myself as a poet, which I think is just in part something I need to get over, and. Also, um, I also kind of feel like I stumbled into it in the sense that like, I, it's just the way that my brain naturally works. And it just so happens that the way my brain works uh, fits best and is in you know, the poetic landscape. So um, yeah, I think my, my brain's just like, yeah, there's uh, kind of a web of connections, I guess. And then I just sort of, Pick little snippets of that, and I'm like, here yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a collage, almost, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I think that describes actually. If I had to like do a blanket statement of the way I create, I think collage is a good, a good descriptor for it. Love it, yeah, and I'm I very much admire that um, because it can make very it can turn very simple things into instinctual amalgams of ideas and concepts that can therefore become artistic. Oh. Oh, so yeah. that's the best kind of poet. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I tend to, to really love um, poets that do that too. Um, I've been reading uh, N.H. Pritchard. Um, yeah, he was a really incredible poet and an incredible visual poet. Um, can actually show you. So like his stuff is like a lot like that, and like you oh, love the page and um, yeah, like sort of. He was also a visual artist, so like sort of you know collaging the visual with the with the linguistic. Um, and so that's been something that I've been keeping close lately because I like to just like flip through and be like, wow. Yeah. 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 Turning words into shapes and shit like that. Hell yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, it's pretty avant garde. Uh, I appreciate that for sure. So, okay. So, well, I've noticed your work is very collaborative. Um, you, you work with a lot of like, um, models and, uh, um, you, you work a lot in, embellishing like the, the the depictions um there was a specific shoot i wanted to ask you about oh, the one that uh valerie lightheart's in oh yeah the one in the kitchen yes yeah so so you're so you're also a photographer too 
I suppose so. Yeah, I do like um, I do like taking pictures. I got really lucky when I moved to Milwaukee. I very quickly met Bethany Price. I don't know mm. if you've ever met her. I think I've heard of her. Yeah. Yeah, she's just a beyond extraordinary being. She's an incredible poet. Like if I, ugh, she's just like extraordinary to witness. Um, and then I think one of her huge gifts is being able to bring people together. And not only that, but like encourage people to try new arts. Um, and so I had done like a little bit of photography, but um, yeah, she was like putting together these shoots and she was like, just come and take pictures because it's fun, why not? Um, yeah. So I did. And then that um, kind of set off, I think like three or four different shoots that I that I went on. Um, and it was amazing. Like every, every shoot there were um, a bunch of different photographers, a bunch of different models. Um, and it was just, a really beautiful atmosphere so yeah i i hugely credit her for um kind of giving me the space to uh explore uh, photography a little bit yeah yeah awesome what made you choose to move to chicago um before the pandemic i was feeling i think i'm just sort of i mean if weren't pretty obvious already i, I tend to move around or like um, experiencing new places. Um, and then before the pandemic, I was kind of feeling like, you know, cause I really, I think Milwaukee, I definitely consider home to me. Um, there's, I don't know, just, I met the most incredible people and I did, there's so much growth that happened on a personal level um, that I think that will always be a home base, but I was kind of feeling like it was time to see somewhere else. And so I was actually thinking that I would maybe go on a tour and then the pandemic happened, so that obviously was shelved. Um, and I had already gone, instead of signing on again for another year on my lease, I'd already gone month to month. And I was like, well, I guess I should do something. And Chicago kind of felt close enough where it wasn't like a crazy big move. And uh, I work for Whole Foods, and so it was easy to like, transfer down. Um, and I knew that, like, obviously, being down here, I wouldn't necessarily I wouldn't be able to you know jump into like the artistic things uh quite yet but I figured if I could get here and kind of get settled so that hopefully when things do start happening again I can kind of really just jump in yeah so kind of my plan um but considering like you know growing up in the Milwaukee area and living in Milwaukee for the past you know four or five years I really haven't spent much time in Chicago at all so it's, it's like a new it's definitely an experience mm. For sure. Yeah, cool. Milwaukee's kind of like a, uh, it's definitely like its own city, but you could think of it as like a, like a cousin city to uh, Chicago or like a, a little sister or something like that. Um, yeah. There's definitely some cultural crossovers that I really appreciate. Um, and yeah, both are very accessible to one another. Um, so in terms of sound art, um, so like, I mean, I've had some like noise artists on the show. Um, I think you actually, you did a uh, performance and with, uh, wasn't a Frenia was on the bill with you. Eli. Hell yeah. Oh. Shout out, yeah. Shout out to all those guys. Shout out to Frenia, shout out to Eli. Yes. Uh, they're wizards, you know? Yeah. Okay, so there was one time we all got together. It was before, it was before we did the we shot the for that performance but um i just like 
sat there and watched them improvise and it was honestly just one of the most incredible things I've ever seen like I could not believe I was witnessing such beauty like in front of me it was it was really incredible I think I hope that there was a recording of that um I think there might have been but yeah they're all just like not only extraordinary artists but just beautiful people yeah they are um yeah like that sort of like formless seamless cohesion that they have going on there uh I've caught it was both Eli doing a, a solo set, but also Frenia. Like, um, I saw I caught a night of that at the jazz gallery, like right before COVID hit, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was it was incredible. Like when you uh, traverse into that that territory of like the music and art scene, it becomes more than just music, and you know like sounds and textures and stuff like that it becomes philosophical too kind of undoing the criteria of like what is like culturally sound uh as far as like music goes and i just and you mentioned sound is just a big thing for you too and like i i'm so sensitive to it you know like i i have some um i have some sensory processing sensitivities myself um and uh i think that's why because like sound can either it can be so pleasing and like gratifying and euphoric almost if like i hear that right tone or that right pitch or that right uh you know a drone that bellows heavy enough yeah uh, which is exactly why i like a lot of that experimental stuff, uh, some of those dense soundscapes. But sound can also be very haunting. It can be visceral. It can be terrifying. <laughs> it can be very potent in the way it like makes me, uh, you know, in the way I absorb it and the way it and that and that thus how it affects me emotionally. And um, so, is is that kind of like uh, is that kind of how you feel about it too, sort of thing? absolutely like I have um definitely have a sound sensitivity and I always have um so like you know like out in the world um sounds can be painful um but then some of my favorite moments are when I'm out in the world and I hear something beautiful from you know um or like you hear something harm you know like some building is harmonizing with this weird car I don't know you know just like a bunch of like weird shit sound shit that happens um but yeah no i get um i i I can get like physically ill from sound um so yeah i definitely a hypersensitivity but then and then on the flip side kind of like you said like just like absolute euphoric moments of like for a long time i felt very compelled to create within sound but i had boxed myself into um a certain type of like creating music and what I thought that that meant and that's not what I do so I would kind of box myself in there and then like I kept hitting these brick walls and I was like why am I so compelled by this but I it's not happening and then when I finally broadened my scope from music to that of just sound in general and like you know that's encompassing like you said like the whole philosophical and emotional and communicative space um is when I was like oh I see this is where this is where this is the place I inhabit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really weird plane to exist on where you're deriving so much meaning and vitality from vibrations in the air. 
And that's what I love about it. I love that shit. And I love talking about vibrations and like speaking in terms of vibrations, which I don't actually know what I'm talking about scientifically. I just know like the bare minimum. Um, but yeah, it's trippy. It's trippy as hell. And I love that. Um, it feels it feels very physical when I think of it that way and really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. There's been like songs I've like attached myself to where it's like one little part in a song that I'll just listen to over and over again because it's just yeah. so sonically pleasing you know totally or like I'll spend I'll listen to the song itself over and over again but I spend the entire time like building up to it like oh it's like five seconds are coming Here we yeah. Go. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so you and you chose to uh actually really kind of embrace all of these these notions here and uh become somewhat of an like an experimental sound artist uh that um is uh present in this new ep you just dropped yeah. which is called what is it um my eyes the sound of clarinet close i wake with eyes the sound of clarinet i wake with eyes the sound of clarinet yeah, yeah. i guess it's a good time to bring that up and start talking about it so uh, tell me a little bit about, I guess, kind of just what inspired you to, why did you want to put the CP out? Sure. Um, well, I think it's a couple of things. Um, I think in, in, uh, I'm really bad at um, finishing things in the sense that I can just work on something for forever and ever and ever. And I've kind of found that with like um, all the different art forms within which I create, I'm just... I think it kind of goes back to like the editing process being a big part of my writing is like when that's the case you can just edit for forever um so on one hand i was like i just want i want this to be out um into the world um and then i've been uh i've been uh doing collecting like field recordings um since i was in probably in high school um i guess i didn't know that that's what I was doing, but I would just be places and I would hear interesting things and I would just record them. Um, so I've got this, um, I don't know, this sort of like little archive of a bunch of sounds. And um, yeah, for whatever reason, I felt compelled to keep recording them, but I never really quite knew how I was going to go about using them. And um, oddly enough, I think the pandemic and when I did some, like the first few like Zoom readings and like Zoom performances, I was like, oh wow, I can add sound into this. And like, I'm not quite comfortable, I just haven't uh, done that like in a live setting, but when it was like that, I was like, hey, I could, um, I could fit this in. So that's kind of what set me off. Um, and that was around, it wasn't long after I kind of came to that realization of like broadening my scope to encompass that of sound as opposed to just like music. Um, so it was just all really good timing. Sure. Cool. What was sort of your like creative process behind it? Um, the way I felt, it, it felt like a cycle of wakefulness is the way I described it when I wrote about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's a, it's sort of a, um, I don't, I don't think hypnotic is necessarily the right word, but it is, um, I just kind of sound kind of like an asshole, but like I, I let the sounds guide me and I just like, but I, I do, I guess, like I just kind of, um, 
yeah, like it just starts, um, either starts with like a field recording. So like I've had like a couple different field recordings. Like I think the third track, um, I was on the bus one day and it was making really weird sounds. And so um, then I kind of like messed with those and took it into different pitches and then it kind of went from there. Um, and I, I liked like, the third one a lot. Thank you. I'm so glad. Um, yeah, I started playing a theremin recently or learning or ex uh, experimenting on a theremin. Um, so that featured heavily on the third one. Um, and that's been really fun too. It's, it's even just like the theoretically as an instrument, it fits really well with, uh, I don't know, just the way I go about things. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been fun to figure out how to create with that too. I'm gonna guess where the field recording was on the first one um because there's some like really distant voices uh and at the end there uh was that like in like a a park or a forest or something like that yeah it was in um i was at uh this was in high school i think i got this one it's by far my favorite uh recording well top top five favorite recordings of my life so far um but i was uh yeah it was a uh, in a I think it was like a county park or something, but there was a, a quarry where they turned into a lake. And I had had, um, I was trying to record something else and I just missed, I don't even remember what I was trying to record. And I was bummed and I was about to turn the recording off. And then this kid on the other side of the lake yells, you know, hello, can anybody hear me? And I was like, whoa. And it was just like this amazing. I was like, oh, yeah, I can't believe this. I just got this. So that right there felt super like, haunting um oh. i yeah it reminded me of like because you know sound also was crazy how it triggers memories too it reminded me of like hiking with my family like in dense forests when i was younger totally yeah yeah and with the little like crickets and things yeah mm -hmm. yeah the second uh track um so so i know there was some flute on that or, yeah but uh so what were you using like electronic instrumentation on that at all or definitely the second one for sure yeah um the second one yeah just um like some yeah just uh i got like a keyboard and i just had it plugged into my computer and i kind of just messed with messed with it that way gotcha. um i think that's actually quite a bit of the second track is just that um there might be some fan and there's a little bit of food in there but yeah was uh the field recording uh it was raining is what it sounded like oh the, yeah i'm trying to remember yeah the one at the end i think it was yeah it was raining i was on break at work actually and the it was raining and windy and then the wind was making an interesting sound so the weather is vocal most certainly in the best way yeah <laughs> no. i'm like i don't necessarily know what you're telling me but I'm down to hear it. When right, <laughs> right. I'm gonna just uh, decode a little bit, you know? <laughs> like um, decoding the fact that uh, we gotta go the fucking side now. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, oh, I got that weather, thank you. <laughs> yeah, all hell's about to break loose. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. So why is it, what, what made you uh, decide on the name? I don't know. I um, I got that line. 
I was actually doing a writing exercise with some friends, and I think the original line was, I wake with eyes the color of clarinet, and I wanted to, um, I don't know, I just spent a lot of time with that line, because I uh, spent a lot of time, like, thinking, like, you know, well, when I say the color of clarinet, I mean the color as in the color of the sound of clarinet, and I, but what if the image brought up is the color, the actual color of a clarinet, and usually I don't really care about interpretation because I just think it's beautiful that each person will have their own interpretation, but for whatever reason, uh, that line stuck with me. So since I spent so much time with it, I was like, why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. Do you associate sound with color a lot? Um, not necessarily. I think I just, I really like the idea of translation and like um, the translation between senses and the translation between arts and like kind of using the concept of translation pretty liberally. Um, so I don't necessarily like um, hear in color or see color when I hear or associate color with certain sounds, but um, I think I just like playing within the space of like, um, I don't know, combining things that are maybe seem opposed to each other. Yeah, sure. Yeah, cool. I know that's a big thing for some people, like synesthesia. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, now that that's out, uh, what what do you feel is next for you? Uh, what do you, what, yeah, what are you working on now? Hmm, I am, um, I've been meaning to just record myself reading my work and then just put out like a an album of that um but every time I do it for whatever reason I, I like I hate listening to myself um so it's hard for me to get through it and then I end up giving up halfway through and then it just never ends up uh being finished but I would like to do that so we'll see um when and if that actually happens um but yeah otherwise um I really want to keep uh, experimenting within uh, the land of sound. Um, and before the pandemic, I was I was trying to um, do a lot more like improv stuff. Um, and it's, it's gotten kind of difficult with the pandemic. Um, but I found it to be way more emotionally difficult than I thought it would be. Um, which was interesting because um, I think it's such like, a beautifully vulnerable thing, you know, to be so open and present with other people. And that's something I find really difficult. So mm -hmm. I was shocked that I had that big of a like emotional blockage when it came to trying to improvise. So I think because of that, I'd like to do it more because I'd like to sort of get beyond that and because um, it's such a beautiful thing. You know, I think it's a beautiful way of like not only communicating with the people that you're working with, but also within communicating with um, the audience. So yeah. yeah, I'd like to I'd like to do more of that. Cool. But, you know, just just seeing what happens otherwise, you know. Right. There's like such a like urgency in improv of like what you're feeling in that exact moment. Something like that can never be replicated, obviously. It, it all has to be like, kind of what you were saying, stream of conscious before. Um, periods of immediacy um, that you're expressing yourself in can become 
permanent and timeless if they're recorded. Mm-hmm. That I think is a pretty cool thing, you know, mm-hmm. when improvs can be recorded and like, it's kind of like when you take like a really like dope photograph, that image or that piece, that, that recording now exists as an entity in of itself that actually has like, you know, space and time, you know, it has, uh, mm-hmm. it's like a, or it's a period of time that's frozen. Like now it exists as, as a sprite in the universe. Hell yeah. Yeah. And Super cool. About that. Yeah. Being able to take a snapshot of a moment you could never create, even though you created it or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. And now you always have that, you know? Yeah. And then you move uh, on and see what the next improv. Right. The stuff is seamless. It is. Um, this is why it's so exciting. Um, and terrifying. <laughs> and terror. Right. Exactly. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So do you, do you have any, uh, like, um, have you published any of your work uh, in the past? Yeah, I've got some, a fair amount published, like in magazines and stuff. Um, again, because I'm really bad at like knowing when to finish something i've never had like a collection published necessarily um but i think when when i eventually get myself to record myself um i'm gonna put out like a chat book with it um and kind of maybe yeah just make a little package deal oh. yeah um, good shit annie well i appreciate you uh coming on the show today talk yeah. about what you're doing and uh, how you create, uh, what it means for you to create. Um, And yeah, just how uh, it, uh, the clarity that uh, it clearly uh, provides for you. So um, it's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This is a beautiful conversation. I appreciate it. Definitely. Sure was. So on our way out, I ask everyone the same two things. The first is, Annie, what keeps you up at night? My cat. What's your cat's name? Meatloaf. Here, let me grab him. Ah, ah. Here he is. Oh, aw. There's a little baby. Yeah. Oh, hi. Is he a big, he's a big kit. Big boy. (laughs) Yeah. He's a chunky boy. That's yeah, very big. Yeah. <laughs> well, cats make the world better. Definitely, they make everything better. But, but most of the time, yeah, he makes the world very good. Yeah, they can be divas sometimes, though. Yes. Oh, but I love them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the second question is, what puts you to sleep? Hmm. Wow. Um, what puts me to sleep? Um, oh no, I don't have, my mind just went entirely blank. I've always been a really good sleeper. Um, so I think my brain just after a day of overstimulation, it's shutdown mode, time for sleep, you know? So there it goes. My brain just wears itself off. (laughs) Well, when you're taking in so much energy day by day from not only people and nature and, you know, both animate and inanimate objects, you know, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I, I feel that too. You know, like I get worn out from using my brain power, both from interacting with people, but also from interacting with things like totally computer, for example. So, oh yeah. Um, exhausting world. It is, <laughs> it is, but that's why we drink a lot of coffee. No uh, <laughs> thank you once again, Annie, for being on the show. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd love to get together sometime uh, next time you're in Milwaukee or something. Totally. I think I might be doing this show at Cactus Club at the end of May. If it's, oh, yeah. I think I trust them. And if they deem that it's safe enough to do a live show, then I think it's going to be live. Word. It'll be exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Love Cactus Club. Cactus yeah. Club is the best. The best. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know Kelsey personally, but she seems really awesome. She's um, the greatest. Yeah. yeah. So I am really excited to see what all continues at such a space. Oh yeah, most definitely, I agree. Yeah. Um, for everyone watching, I'll be tagging uh, AnnieGrizzle.com. So uh, you can check out uh, her work, her art, uh, uh, some installments she has done. And uh, also be tagging her new EP, uh, I Wake With Eyes, The Sound of Clarinet. <laughs> yes uh it's not a sentence that like you know seems like it makes sense like just by itself but now that it's a title like you're forcing your brain to make it make sense you know um so it's like what's happening what <laughs> making me do <laughs> yeah well it's force of habit and once again uh that's what uh the creative conduits will do so thanks for watching mr nice guy We'll see you next time.